Welcome to the Ghost Tea Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Willow. Today, we're going to talk about the time that I met Jesus. Before we jump in, I want to remind you that everyone has different views on things, and that's okay. I don't ask you to believe what I do. I just want to share what I've found in my personal path with others. Now let's get to the tea. I've been asked about my experience meeting Jesus so many times on live streams, on TikTok, etc. So I finally decided to share with you guys what he shared with me. Now I'm going to apologize in advance because I'm trying to recall as much as I can about this scenario and what happened and what was said, but it was back in 2013. So it's been quite a while, but the parts that really stood out to me and really made an impact are what stayed with me. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. What I do remember from that night is that Me and my friend at the time were in my kitchen while I was making pasta at the stove, and she was sitting at this countertop breakfast bar talking to me about our experiences from earlier that night. I had channeled a couple beings, and we were asking them different questions about our past lives and people around us and things of that nature. We were just having a friendly conversation while making some food to re-energize ourselves. A lot of people have asked me what kind of pasta I was making, since apparently this pasta seems to be Jesus summoning pasta. But I can assure you it was nothing fancy. But maybe that's what he likes, I don't know. However, I do remember that it was bow tie pasta, and at the time I was very into just having pasta with butter and Parmesan cheese. Nope, not the nice fresh kind, the craft crumbly Parmesan cheese in the canister. As I was boiling the pasta, I was standing in the kitchen and talking to my friend when I suddenly realized that to my right in front of our cabinets was standing a man. This isn't an odd occurrence. I actually have a lot of beings just kind of show up out of nowhere, but he looked familiar somehow and I couldn't place it. I glanced over, took in his appearance, and then went back to stirring the pasta. I noticed that he was standing at about 5 feet 9 inches tall. He had long, dark, curly hair that fell just below his shoulders. His skin was a medium olive tone, and his eyes, from what I can recall, were brown. His facial features were very Middle Eastern, the slightly curved nose, the more angular face, and he had a dark beard. He stood there in my kitchen quietly in his simple linen frock. I turned to my friend and informed her that someone had shown up in the kitchen, and she asked me who they were. And I said, I don't know, but he looks like Jesus. The man then turned to me and with a very sweet smile on his face said, I am Jesus. Oh, facepalm moment. What? I had just said that in front of Jesus. My past Christian self was definitely disappointed. I stood there embarrassed by what I had said, but he was very gracious and didn't take it personally. But I used the opportunity to my advantage. I turned to him and I said, you know what? I actually have a lot of questions. During our time together, which was maybe all of 20 minutes, was short but very informative and really honestly changed my view on a lot of things. At the time, I was questioning my spirituality, and I considered myself agnostic, but I didn't know where I was headed from there. I knew that I was going more down a spiritual path rather than the Christian path that I had been on before in my life, but I didn't know where it was going to lead me. 
My friend prompted a lot of the questions as I kind of went blank as to what to ask him. And one of the questions that she had was, were you married? And he said, yes. She asked if he had children and he said, yes, as well. I then asked him about his early life and what really isn't included in our modern Bible today. He let me know that his early life was simple and fairly straightforward. He helped support his family and his childhood family by working and gaining funds from doing what we would consider a handyman job today. He then said later on in his lifetime, he started realizing that he was able to manipulate things that other people weren't able to do, such as manipulating energy, helping people overcome illnesses, and overall doing things that other people didn't seem to either be aware that they could do or understand how to do. But he was a normal man, and if he could figure it out, he could teach others how to figure it out as well. He started talking to the people around him to inform them of what he could do and that they were able to do it as well. He figured that the more he talked, the more people would hear and the more the word would spread that people were able to do things that could help other people. As this happened, we start to see his story show up more in the Bible. This is when it started becoming crowds of people that would flock to him and ask for his advice and his healings, as well as claiming that he was a god and a holy man. He said in a rather disappointed tone that his intention was never to be put on a pedestal, and he used that wording specifically. He said that he never wanted to be seen as higher than anyone else or better than anyone else. He was actually just like everybody else, and he just wanted to show us what we were able to do ourselves. I believe it was my friend who brought up the subject of walking on water. In any case, the question ended up along the lines of, if others could do what you could do, how were you able to walk on water and no one else was? His reply was very simple and straight to the point. They could do what I could do. They could walk on water. I just helped them believe that they could. When he said that, I had a realization of what he was actually saying. He wasn't saying that he willed or he made it to where someone else could walk on water. They could already do it. They just didn't believe that they could until he encouraged them to believe that. And once they did, their abilities blossomed into something that they could utilize. This is something that I commonly see within spiritual circles. People are able to do things, but until they get to the point where they truly believe that they can, their abilities are stifled in a way, and they're not able to be utilized in the way that they would be effective in. It's not to say that some people just aren't able to do certain things. There's definitely a point where We've tried our best, we believe that we can, and we still can't do something. But for the most part, you see people's abilities blossom and become most useful when they truly believe that they exist and that they can utilize them. Even if they end up having points of doubt, ultimately it comes back to trusting that they've had enough experience with it that they just know that there's no way to deny its existence and its usefulness. We then proceeded the conversation to bring up the crucifixion and why it happened. We asked him why he would die in that way, and he said very simply 
that spirit told him that that was what was meant to happen. And that was in his life path and a major event in his life that was important to happen and unavoidable. In Matthew 26, verse 36 through 44, you can see Jesus talking to spirit the night before the crucifixion, begging spirit to give him some indicator that it wasn't something that he had to do and that it would be an avoidable experience. When I asked him about him talking to spirit the night before the crucifixion, he said that he was talking with his guides and spirit and his higher self about what was going to happen. And they continuously told him that it was an unavoidable circumstance that he would have to go through. When he asked them why, they just explained that he was meant to show that death was not the end and that the spirit lives on after death happens. We didn't really go into the specifics of the crucifixion or things that happened that day, but I did ask him about the story of him raising from the dead and descending into heaven. He said that like spirit had explained to him, death was not the end for the human soul. He explained that what people saw that day, the day that he rose, was an astral projection. He didn't explain why his physical body was missing during the time that he ascended into heaven and showed up for people to see. But I also didn't ask because he's Jesus. So I just continued on with the conversation. The conversation came to an end with us just asking him what he wanted people to know and what his intended purpose coming here was. Overall, in a summary, he said that his purpose was not to be the God of the people. He said his purpose was not to be a savior. His purpose was not to take away people's sins or wrongs. His purpose was to show us our strengths and our abilities and the things that we can utilize to help others. Whether physical, mental, spiritual, or emotional things that we can do to help each other as people to go through life. So that was my experience with Jesus. It was quite an interesting time, and I like to make jokes about how I didn't realize it was him at first and that I met him over pasta, but he seemed like a really awesome guy, and I really appreciated the time that I had with him. It did help settle a lot of feelings that I had about Christ after I had left Christianity. I was extremely disenchanted with everything related to that. So it really brought peace to my mind, knowing that he didn't judge me for that. He didn't hold it against me. And that in a way, I was still following a path that was true to what he would have wanted. So to everyone who asked for this story, I hope that answers your questions. And I hope it was interesting to listen to. And to Jesus, thanks for your visit over pasta. Until next time, stay safe, stay curious, and keep learning. Talk to you guys later.